Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, phone, and security services. Smithville. Local Pride Global Technology. Information at smithville.net. Mother Bear's Pizza of Bloomington, open daily and offering gourmet pizzas, hot submarine sandwiches, and salads with daily specials. Menu available online at motherbearspizza.com. 332-4495 for delivery. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times in Bloomington, along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. And today we're going to talk about the Monroe County Council, Monroe County government, and the budget for 2010. Budget hearings start on uh, Tuesday morning at 8.30 a.m. With us in the studio are three members of the county council, Marty Hawk, who's a Republican, the lone Republican on the council, as well as President uh, Vic Kelson and Jeff McKim is uh, here with us also. You can join us on the program by calling 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. And you can join the discussion at our website, wfiu.org slash noon edition. Vic, Jeff, Marty, welcome. Good morning. Thank you very much. Thanks for being here. Mary Catherine. Robert. (laughs) Good to see you all. It's, uh, I guess it's you're here in maybe better spirits than you might have been a couple of weeks ago. So um, you've got the, the hearing starting on Tuesday morning at 8.30. And I know you know we've had some stories in the last week saying that things are a lot better off than you thought they were going to be in terms of how much money you're going to have available to you. Can you sort of take us back and Vic, I'll turn to you first and sort of review you know, where you've uh, been in the last month or so and then where you are now and how you, how you got to that place? Well, <clears throat> sorry. We uh, worked together earlier this year to put together projections of what the revenues would be from the various streams. And we had an estimate of uh, – we actually uh, had a little contest to see who could predict how much the income tax would go up. And Jeff actually won the contest. I owe him a cup of coffee. Uh, uh, countywide for all the units, it's up about 1.5 percent. Um, so for all of our uh, budgeting analysis, we've been working along that assumption. It would be somewhere between flat and up about 2 percent. Uh, but as uh, Marty's pointed out numerous times, you never know what's going to happen until the distribution comes out. And it turns out that the, the distribution um, uh, rather heavily favored the county uh, as, as a unit compared to some of the other units. So we got a larger piece of the pie basically. Mm-hmm. And so, who makes that choice? Well, that choice – that arose because it's it's divided. The income tax pie is divided up in relation to your your property tax footprint, and uh, there were some things that happened. And some of the some of the taxing units property tax levies actually went down a little <coughs> bit this year, which made the counties a little bit larger. Uh, in addition, there's uh, um, homestead. Uh, credits that went up, and so the amount of money that uh, was available to be divided up also increased. So it was sort of um, two things together that superimposed each other, and up it went. Uh, I just want to mention, just for uh, you know, for your listeners, some of them may not be familiar with what we're talking about when we say the taxing units. Um, the there. Are, County government is just one unit of government uh, locally that, that receives the uh, income tax and receives property tax. There are also all the townships. There's the, the city of Bloomington, towns of Ellettsville and Steinsville, the public library. Um, so the, when we talk about the tax, the, the units, that's, that's what we're referring to and that the income tax gets divvied up among all those different units according to the overall proportion of the levy that each uh, – property tax levy that each of those units has. Mm-hmm. And the levy is, is the amount in dollars of money that you can raise with property taxes, right? That's correct. OK. Marty? Uh, yes, I just wanted to make sure we also understood that the biggest change is that for 2009, off of the top of the total income tax that comes in to be divided up, over $2 million was taken off of the top of that 24 plus million to go for local 
property tax relief. Uh, but because of the, the change in the uh, state law about the homestead credits, that's the state homestead credit, we lost nearly a billion dollars of uh, local net assessed value, which then in turn meant that there was uh, – we did not have to spend as much on local income tax relief. And, and because of that, uh, that $2 million was dropped down to a million. So that extra million that would have normally been used for local property tax relief actually came back into the big pot of money to get spread out amongst the other units. And the county got the lion's share of that. Well, I think it's great for uh, you all to help us understand this. I, I have to tell you, you know, from my perspective, being the editor of the newspaper, I can't, I can't begin to, to recall how many times we've written in the past 20 years that county government was on the brink of a disaster financially only to have some last-minute thing happen that allowed you to make the budget numbers that you needed to make. Uh, Marty, you've been here for as long as I have. Well, <laughs> you've been on county government for a, a really long time. Um, Am I mischaracterizing that? It seems like every year something comes up. Absolutely. It's always a surprise at the last minute. Uh, but the last few years of surprise has always been right around that distribution sheet from the state that says this is how much income tax the county will be receiving. And remember, over the last few years, the county has raised their um, – levies uh, considerably because of the two courts. Each each court was more than a million, and so that put our footprint higher and uh, to be able to draw more of the income tax. And and so as a result, we're, we are receiving a great deal more of that pot of money than the city is, and the city used to draw more than we did. So mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of folks who are going to be unhappy that the county um, we have this windfall, and and uh, so it it was not a planned windfall. So we really and truly had uh, a planned spending for 2009 more than our planned revenue, and you cannot continue to do that and be responsible. Mm-hmm. Jeff? Yeah, I, I just wanted to um, make a comment as we talk about windfalls and good news and everything. We have to understand that uh, this is still all uh, – all relative to the fact the fact that we have uh, we've suffered significant revenue losses in a number of areas, and we are still talking about a flat budget or uh, or even slightly under flat and flat because the costs of, of um, personnel health care benefits and everything like that go up flat really means down and so we've still talked about cuts in uh, almost every department's budget and one of the things I've, I've been really impressed about is that just about every department, uh, almost everyone, came together to figure out ways to cut and control their budget and, and managed to do it without massive layoffs. Uh, many departments you know, went through significant and substantial rethinking of the way they do business and came up with better ways and less expensive ways to deliver services to the public. So where are these revenue losses coming from? couple of places. Um, one of them is uh, uh, the biggest one probably overall is the um, interest income to the county. Mm. In 2007, uh, the county received about $3 million in interest altogether uh, and it was 2.7 or something like that the year before. Uh, this year, we'll be lucky to get 600000 and part of that is there's two things at work there. One of them is that uh, the economy obviously slowed down and the rates went down um, but also – there have been things that change the amount of principal we have drawing interest and in going forward as we spend down cash and that is as Marty pointed out, we still this year will spend down between two and two and a half million dollars of the cash we had at the beginning of the year. Uh, next year, budgeting a flat budget, uh, we're, we're still projecting to, to uh, when we make additional appropriations during the year next year, those will be coming out of cash. So. We expect cash to continue to decline and as that happens, interest, interest income will, will 
will maybe not grow as fast as it might have grown. Mm-hmm. Marty? It appears to me that we were, are, if we follow along with what's been turned in uh, to date, that we would still be spending, planned spending, more than our planned revenue. Um, and so that's still uh, bothersome for me because, as you know, I'm rather conservative. And unless <laughs> we um, make it clear that we understand we're spending more than what, what the revenue is coming in. And one of the things I discovered after the last work session was that the bridge fund had been figured uh, in error. And that's going to pull about $175,000 more than what was projected on our revenue sheets. That just means there's only one place to take that from, and that's from County General. So until I see all of those revenue projections readjusted, uh, I cannot say I would be in favor of this kind of spending unless we make clear we know we're spending more than what we're getting in. Jeff? I'm not sure I entirely agree with uh, with Marty's take on that. I mean, she is right about the uh, the adjustment in Cume Bridge, but before we make that adjustment, we were talking about uh, revenues of about twenty eight eight. So if we take two hundred thousand off of that, we're about twenty eight six, and uh, that that's about where our budget is right now. Mm-hmm. The departmental requests at this point are twenty eight. Five seventy. So right. we're we're in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. There's a small thing they're leaving out, which is really rather a large thing. Additional, <laughs> and, and that is because when when you are doing the responsible thing and making your planned spending, you have to consider that we we have traditionally spent more than a half million dollars during the year. So that half million should come off of your total uh, estimated revenue, and you should never plan to spend every penny of revenue you have coming in. Let me jump in here on this because this has been an ongoing source of discussion uh, with council and with the departments this year and uh, and that is that we – first of all, we have a substantial cash cushion right now um, and that cash cushion should be used for, for something and what you don't want to do is use uh, one-time money like that to do ongoing things. But there, there are times when you do spend your – spend some savings – on ongoing on ongoing things, and that is and one of those times is when you're in a major economic downturn, as we are right now. So we don't believe that uh, in a normal economy we're going to get six hundred thousand dollars in interest. We believe mm-hmm. in a normal economy we're going to get one and a half or something million dollars in interest. So uh, when when we're spending down cash. In, in reasonable, manageable amounts and that's what, what Marty's talking about is that next year our additional appropriations will come from cash. We know going in that we have the cash and the assumption is that if we look out three years or two years uh, as we spend down that cash, looking out there, we can see that that what we're doing is basically bringing our expenditures up to a level that is sustainable with what we expect to get over the long haul. But so we do know we're so doing So you're it. counting on an uptick in the economy basically to, to replenish that cash fund. Is that right? Well, no, not really. What we're saying is that uh, we're, we're using cash to fill the shortfall right. in, in the revenues. When normal revenues, it will be basically – Sustainable at this level. Right, that's so. what I'm saying. So you're counting on. Okay, you're, we're, we're well, assuming okay. there will be an improvement in the future. Yeah. What? How much of a cushion is there? Um, right now, the cushion at the beginning of the year it was about five million. Right now, it's by the end of the year it'll be about three. Mm-hmm. Marty. However, that does not take in. That's just the money that's in the operating balance um, <laughs> cash. That that does not include the money that's in the rainy day fund that's been placed there. Uh, the state used to save our income tax, and then we would get a big uh, windfall now and then. Um, and now they send it uh, routinely um, and once a year. If if they would take in more income tax for us, then we get a one-time shot, and that has to go in the rainy day fund. Uh, so there's um, a few million in there, and we also have money in a special um, separate uh, Line or not a line, but a fund that it was set aside by an additional income tax distribution. Mm-hmm. So, we do have several million over and above uh, the uh, cushion that uh, President Kelson spoke of. Okay, yeah. Jeff, and and I, I would agree with that. I just wanted to uh, talk just for a moment about the rainy day fund uh, because I get that question a lot from constituents. What's the purpose of the rainy day fund? Isn't it raining now? 
Uh, the, the primary purpose of the rainy day fund is essentially to, to, to put a floor under the COET. If the income tax goes down – uh, unexpectedly, county, county option income, income tax. tax. Okay. If the income tax go, goes down, or if we come up with, if we have some kind of emergency expenditure that we didn't anticipate, those are two purposes that are expressly identified in the ordinance that created this fund. Um, so, if if the county option income tax go, uh, goes down, then we we would be we would be using that, uh, assuming the council would appropriate that, we could appropriate that money to backstop the. The, the income tax. Okay, Marty, one last thing and then I'm going to give our numbers out again. Okay. Go ahead. I um, just wanted to make, make sure that we understand the state used to do that for us and put a floor under our income tax so that we wouldn't have to see these uh, wild fluctuations. And I, I used to say we need to make sure we're doing it here. And so I was really grateful that the state said you must put that money that we send you once a year that really is your money into a rainy day fund. Now, here's where the difference is. In many counties, they've pulled it right back out of that rainy day fund and used it because they had to have it to operate. And we've been fortunate in this county not to have to do that. But we should not pull it all out in any one year. We should try to make it last over several years so that we don't get stuck. Okay. Uh, it's a lively conversation here with three members of <laughs> I'm the gonna Mon- go get a cup of Monroe County <laughs> Council. <laughs> <laughs> if you have questions or comments, though, we will take your calls and we will take your emails, 855-0811-877-285-9348. And you can also go to our website, wfiu.org slash noon edition. You can't have coffee. But- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just fascinated. It okay, seems. I, I, oh, go ahead. Well, no, I, I'm always interested uh, at the level of um, or, or the number of unknowns that you guys deal with on a daily basis. And I would think that, that would just drive you bananas. And so I wonder <laughs> yes, there's a lot of nodding heads. I wonder. Um, if you could talk about your relationship with your with our legislators and um, what kind of interactions you have with the folks at the state in an effort to, um, you know, try to be able to predict your next set of circumstances. Who wants to handle that? <laughs> yeah, Vic. Go well, ahead. I, think, I think generally speaking, we have good relationships with our with our legislators, and um, one of the challenges that we do face is that. Uh, uh, it's in, in my view, when we talk about things like local government restructuring and things like that, uh, one of the challenges that we face is that the system has become more and more complicated over time, and and that is happening for a lot of reasons. But when you look at um, House Enrolled Act 1001 that came down last year, uh, the objective of that was to make people's property tax bills go down, and it largely succeeded, but. It certainly threw a lot of our processes into into confusion because these numbers, as you said, these numbers are hard to project. And when the rules change, it becomes even more difficult to project. And when you shift from property taxes onto income taxes, then you get all these additional uncertainty associated with the the job market mm-hmm. getting mixed in there as well. And so this kind of legislation and any kind of legislation that shifts the tax taxation around is going to, are, are going to cause challenges for local government and challenges for schools and and as it turns out challenges for the state because they didn't get as much income as they thought they'd get and and the states had had some issues this the, year the sales tax in particular always seems like a good idea when the economy is good mm-hmm. <laughs> right. right right do you think that state government interferes more than you would like with county government I I just would like to remind those of us who were around when uh, our dear friend Jerry Bills was at the Mm -hmm. state. And I remember uh, that he made the comment that the best thing that the state ever did for for the local governments was to put that cap on how much we could grow every year. Because without that, he said, we would be faced with so many – constituents wanting to grow in the areas that they were interested in, it would be hard for us to hold the line on spending. And he felt like they had done us a major uh, favor. And in many ways, I can see that that is true. Hmm. Well, I'll start out just by saying that county government is a creation of the state. So we we really have no legal autonomy uh, outside of what – or power outside of what the state grants us. 
but that said, I would like to see uh, much stronger local autonomy. I would like to see a, a state framework that would give counties and cities more more home rule powers. Um, I think that uh, I think it is perfectly reasonable for counties and cities to differentiate themselves. Some may want to be low service, low tax counties and others mm-hmm. may want to be higher tax, higher service. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to suggest that, that uh, Hamilton County's – the character of Hamilton County today uh, doesn't reflect the character of Hamilton County when they froze the levy and, and so uh, – and similarly for Monroe. And uh, mm-hmm. Monroe County uh, has been fortunate over the years to have frugal and sensible spending and that's why when it came around to the to the latest change with the property tax caps, we didn't get it as badly as a lot of counties did. But I tend to agree with Jeff. I trust our local voters to to decide who they want in and who they want out and if, they, if the voters don't like uh, what we do, then they'll certainly replace us. Uh, we have, we're going to go to – well, Mary Catherine, a very short follow. Just just short follow-up. Uh, and then we have a phone call. All right. So along those same lines, uh, you know, a lot of people complain about the federal government passing down unfunded mandates. Mm-hmm. Is that an issue that you deal with from the state as well? Uh, absolutely. I mean a, a really good example of that is in probation officers' salaries. Um, probation officers mm-hmm. are not employees of the state. They are employees of the county. But they have a state-set salary schedule and get state – mandated stepwise increases when they reach a certain longevity. And we have no control over that. We get no additional funding for that. We just have to pay. Okay, Marty, hold on to those thoughts you had before. I want to go to Lisa on the phone. Lisa? Well, hi. I was calling – well, one comment was uh, the funding for the library that went down. I was uh, kind of upset about that. But the – the main thing I want to ask today is what kind of education efforts are being made uh, to point out that our taxes really pay for things that we use and that we count on. So as you know, there's a anti-tax fever, and um, I don't know if it would help to put a face on the workers that our taxes paid for. Um, so I'd, I'd want to hear what kind of education efforts are being made to explain taxes and what they're used for. Okay. Thank you. Okay. The, uh, as regards to the reduction in the, in the levy at the library this year, and this happened to a few of the other taxing units as well, um, what happens is, uh, as you alluded to, Bob, the, uh, the units figure out how much money they are going to raise. And then there's uh, a number called the assessed valuation, which is, uh, taking all the assessments in the county and adding them together and then you divide – you get a tax rate by dividing the amount of money you're going to raise by that evaluation and that gives you the, that assessed valuation. and That gives you the tax rate. Um, last year, there was an error. Some of the units um, – because as Marty pointed out, there's the new homestead exemption. What that meant was <clears> – <throat> pardon me – the net assessed valuation went down and when that happens – your rate needs to be a little higher to capture the same amount of money. And there was an, an, an instruction that came down that told us to, to take whatever our assessed valuation was and for calculating rates to knock that number down to get the rate. And some of the units didn't get that directive. And so uh, the library was one of them. And so what happened was they set their levy and then they calculated their rate. But after the assessed valuation went down, their rate wasn't large enough to capture the whole levy. And so uh, I believe in the case of the library, it was about $500,000 off of their tax levy that was lost. And because of the frozen nature of our levies, that half million dollars is gone forever. They can now only grow um, at, the, at the growth factor on this now lower adjusted, adjusted levy. And so although they can ask for an excess levy to get part of it back and they may very well do that. Marty? Uh, just to know that they are um – should be able to get at least half of that loss back. Uh, but to get beyond that, uh, there's no guarantee that they will get beyond half of their loss. And, that, and the loss is the growth amount. It, it's not like that they lost from the point where they were, but the, the amount that they could grow. And many of the taxing units did not get their rates high enough. And that's the reason, another reason why the county pulled in so much more of the income tax. And that may just seem really unfair to all those other taxing units. And I can understand that. 
but um, I questioned the state, do we have to at any time pay back any of those taxing <laughs> units? And she said, absolutely not. So who, who decided, I mean, who made the, if, if the library had a taxing rate that was too low, whose error was that? It seems to me that that we were all um, caught rather unawares to to consider that we would lose nearly one billion dollars in our assessed values uh, throughout the county. So I think it was a situation where perhaps somebody, uh, a financial advisor or somebody from the state should have been notifying the counties uh, to make certain that we made those adjustments in the tax rates. But we were shocked mm. when we saw how much the assessed values had dropped. Mm-hmm. Jeff? Um, just real briefly on the assessed value issue, I just want to make it clear that the reason why we suffered such extensive drop in assessed value was because of changes in the state law uh, with respect to homestead credits and, and exemptions. And it wasn't that our property in Monroe County lost value. In fact, our property in Monroe County continues to gain in value. Mm-hmm. But then more, I also wanted to address the caller's other point, uh, which is to talk about education and putting a face on what – and I, I, the answer is I don't think we, we do enough. I think we, do, we need to do a better job of communicating the, the, the value of county government in, in, and value of local government in everybody's day-to-day lives. There's so much that we do that we depend on that local government has to provide and, and the, those taxes go to provide those, those functions. And following on just briefly on that is uh, uh, people who are interested in county government and how we operate, uh, I believe today's the last day to sign up for the County Citizens Academy that's going to be starting up in September. And I think that's a great opportunity for people to know more about how it is we operate and what it is we all do. Okay, Marty, last point before we take a break. Okay, just wanted to say that when um, President Kelson was talking about why we aren't hitting our caps here in this county, in other words, you can't raise any more than a certain amount um, uh, for everybody in the county, it has really more to do with the fact that we have had continued growth in our assessed value. You see growth because we see new buildings going up and so forth. It's, it, I would like to say, yes, it's because we've been so frugal here in this county because I've been on the council longer than anyone else. Uh, however, I will say that it is really more having to do with the fact we've seen a lot of, of physical growth of uh, buildings here in the county. Okay. We're gonna, we've got a lively first half hour. We're going to take a short break. Uh, you're listening to Noon Edition and our discussion about uh, funding county government. We'll be right back. Listening to Noon Edition on member supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, Smithville Telephone Information at Smithville.net, and from Mother Bear's Pizza at MotherBearsPizza.com. You can take WFIU programs with you by downloading our podcasts. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full-length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, or short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, as well as movie, play, and opera reviews. Find out more by going to our website, WFIU.org. And have you heard WFIU's news features? On Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, the WFIU news team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting south-central Indiana. Listen at 8.33 a.m. and 5.45 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to catch that day's feature. If you miss one, that's okay. They're archived on our website, WFIU.org, and the best features from each week can be heard Saturday mornings at 7.45. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times along with Mary Catherine Carmichael, and today we're talking with three members of the Monroe County Council about uh, the budget process. This is, that's, uh, well, actually, it's like a 24-7, 365-day process, <laughs> but they're going into the formal hearings on uh, Tuesday. Our guests are Vic Kelson, who's the president of the council, and Jeff McKim and Marty Hawk are also here. Uh, Marty is the lone Republican on the council. That's always worth noting, I think. Uh, let's, uh, you can 
can call the program 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. And you can also join the discussion through email at our website, wfiu.org slash noon edition. I don't worry about Marty being the only Republican. She holds herself just fine. Oh, yeah, fine. she holds her own. No, no question. Yeah. Still just get one vote, though. <laughs> well, I, you know, I want to I go back to the idea. I mean, you were all talking um, earlier about the the cash cushion that you have and there's the rainy day fund and, and um, it sounds like Monroe County has made some steps to be in a pretty sound fiscal position. But I have to ask you, I mean, if, if I know if I were a county employee and you're talking about cash cash cushions and rainy mm-hmm. day funds and for a couple of months I was thinking I was going to maybe be laid off or get a, a cut in my pay – I'd be kind of scratching my head. Well, that's, a, would, that's more of a statement than a question. That's but. more of a statement <laughs> than a question. Uh, this has been a difficult year for all of us. And, and one of the challenges for facing council members is that our job is not to make sure that next year we can do what we did this year. Our, our job is to think about the long-term health of the, of the county. And if – when we're faced a situation like we have now, and I think walking into 2009, I think several of us last year at the end of the budget hearings were pretty outspoken about the fact that we felt we had over-budgeted uh, for the 2009 year. And that has definitely come in in spades. We, we, are, we are budgeted at a level that's pretty far in excess of what revenues we're actually going to get this year, which are below what we anticipated last year. So – we walked in knowing we were over budgeted and that over time we would have to get the budget back in, in line with a sustainable revenue stream. And that's really what we've been trying to do this year. And it is it is definitely a roller coaster ride for everybody involved. But uh, we're we're trying to our our job is the difficult job of balancing priorities and making sure that over the long term, that five years from now, we're not going to be in a cash hole. Jeff, did you want to say something? Yeah, I just wanted to follow up a little bit and say that even at our the, – the most bleak predictions, even at the worst point of this process so far, we had always been intending to spend down the cash to be able to minimize the the blow on, on and the impact on county department services and employees from because of the economy. Well, because of the economy and because of the fact that the that we were already over budget at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year, Marty. I think it was responsible to look at what cash was available that would be a responsible amount to be able to be used to spend down, and how many years you were going to try to make that last, and. It may just be that we did not get the message out. We didn't didn't make certain that they understood the county employees. And and let us remember what we're talking about is not just preserving jobs. What we are talking about is county government services. That's what we're all about. How do we provide the services in a cost effective manner? And it just it. It just appears that what we were trying to do was, well, we will try to get the budget back in line where it should have been with uh, having the hiring freeze. Well, you see how well that went over. It didn't go over at all. Um, Although there were some uh, uh, positions not filled. But indeed, uh, they should uh, have been given – and many of us feel like they were given uh, clear instructions. As they, here's our different pots of money, and here's how we plan to use this money. And it would be irresponsible to say we're going to use it all in any one given year. Mm-hmm. And we had to remember we've got a 27th pay period we had to go to as well. Um, so we're going to one of those pots of money for that 27th pay period. Uh, let's just – just for a second – County Government 101, let's list some of the things that county government is responsible for that you guys have to worry about funding every year. Vic, would you mind starting with uh, that? I think we could probably go around. Yeah, <laughs> fine, whatever. But uh, let's got, remind people the, what you're well, responsible for. In Monroe County, there are no city courts. We have one uh, unified court system. Um, and Marty alluded to this earlier that, that – We've added two courts in the last five years, and that's so you pay all the judges, all the bailiffs, all the the state. The state pays the judges; we pay for everything else. Okay. Um, right. So, but so we have nine courts and a court commissioner now. Uh, we have the sheriff's department. We have the prosecutor. So, uh, anything that has to do with criminal justice, 
once it gets past the police department, it's our problem. So that is uh, – Public uh, defender also. Public defender, uh, the county – the, the, uh, the clerk, clerk of the courts, the jail, uh, community corruptions, uh, elections, um, the auditor's office uh, that actually keeps track of things, the assessment. What else? Well, we – I mean the, the whole tax collecting and records management infrastructure of the county. I mean we have the recorder's office that records deeds we, and mortgages we, and liens, everything like that. We have the, the whole tax collection infrastructure for the county. So we are the ones who collect the taxes and then give it out to the other taxing units. Mm-hmm. Marty. And we remember that under it all is the land. Right. This is all about the real estate and the value of the real estate and who owns the real estate. So from the very beginning, the part of the government, county government responsibility is making certain that that we understand who owns what piece of ground. So that someone gets ready to sell it, they know that it's on record. So those things are expensive. There are things that we do other than just what we have to do. Mm-hmm. We do it because we feel like we have a moral obligation to provide some of these other services. But if bottom line came down and we were out of money to provide the service we'd like to that we don't have to, uh, then some other tough choices would have to be made. County roads, did you mention that? No, we would didn't that mention be? that, but that is another Correct. one of our responsibilities. And there's an, another one, we, uh, and this goes back to, um, I believe, the, the previous caller's question about putting a face on, on taxes. Uh, weights and measures. That's something that nobody ever thinks about. But you take for granted that when you go buy a gallon of gas, you're getting a gallon of gas. That when you put, you know, when you buy a pound of meat at the grocery store, that you're getting a pound of meat. Well, we, the, the a county function is to to make sure that all those scales are are calibrated and that the consumer gets what they think they're paying for. And our Veterans Affairs Department provides services to veterans. Uh, mm-hmm. it, the list goes on and on. County yeah. Health Department. County Health Department. Which is restaurant becoming, inspections and all those and important pool things. inspections and H one N one. That's becoming mm-hmm. more and more important with uh, epidemic prevention. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, when we start talking budgets, we many times just concentrate so um, strongly just on that county general budget. We may remember that most folks out there, the, the one service that they count on more than anything else on a regular everyday basis is our roads mm-hmm. um, and our bridges and so forth. Now, remember that our roads are not covered with property to ad valorem property tax, but with gas tax. Uh, but the bridge fund is um, property tax as well. But then recently, in the last few years, the youth shelter uh, budget has been pulled out of that uh, property tax fund and is being paid for with local income taxes. So there's a lot of services we provide and a lot of different tax streams. Yeah. Well, one one point I just like to make, and it's one of the things that you often hear people say is, why do we have property taxes in the first place? Well, as as Marty pointed out, and as Jeff has pointed out, uh, the vast majority of what county government does has to do with property, has to do with who owns it, what's it worth, uh, how do we how do we uh, tax it, how do we protect the owners of it, how do we protect their interests, how do we adjudicate differences related to it. Uh, uh, how do we survey the section corners? All of those sorts of things. Those are all associated with the maintenance of private property. So it makes perfect sense to me that, pri- that taxes on private property would pay for a lot of those services. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. We've had an email that came in from my friend um, Amy Thompson who is with the Purdue Extension. And she suggests uh, that if you want more interested in the Monroe County Citizens Academy, that you go to the extension, the Purdue Extension website, which is extension.purdue.edu slash CES and uh, slash Monroe. So I'll do that one more time. Extension.purdue.edu slash CES slash Monroe. But if you get as far as the Purdue Extension website, I'm sure it can – you'll find the appropriate links to get you where you want to go. You can also get there through a story on the HT online. Yeah. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) And what do do people learn in the Citizens Academy and how long does it go? Well, I've never attended the Citizens Academy. Uh, um, You can teach it, I'm sure. Well, I would like very much to be a part of that. I will say that it's it's a very recent thing here in the county. The city has done that for quite some time, and we've done it recently. We even budgeted money for that at 
and which was really tough because in a year when people thought they were going to lose their jobs to mm-hmm. put money in there was tough. Another place where we'll see a reduction in services, it appears to me, is in the um, election budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this past election was very expensive oh, because yeah. a presidential election is very expensive, and this was um, – was a record expenditure, uh, but the other um, the election coming up will most likely not need the kind of satellite offices and services, which is very expensive to do. Mm-hmm. And so we've seen reduction in that budget. Just a, another comment on the uh, the Citizens Academy. It's my understanding that the way uh, that what it's going to be is a lot of in, uh, teaching about what the various departments do. Um, as Marty points out, we've appropriated money for it in the past and it's always been something that I know uh, Councillor Charles Newman's always been concerned about, the, the Citizens Academy and um, making sure that it happens. And the commissioners uh, have um, – this year aren't going to be running it. It's, uh, but the, the extension office stepped up and I think that's going to be terrific. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm glad to see them doing that. Mary Catherine and your leadership, Bloomington, Monroe County, are there – I know there's discussion about local government. I assume yes, there are, and I and I uh, invite representatives from this uh, austere or esteemed body rather uh, to come and speak to my group. Uh, my deadline's coming up September fifteenth mm-hmm. too, so this is a big time to sign up for this sort of thing. And I, I think the citizen, the um, city has something similar. Okay, so all right. And, and I wanted to follow up on um, Marty's comment about uh, budgets that were cut. Uh, like I mentioned before, because. Fringe benefit expenses for county employees went up this year and some other expenses went up. Even staying flat did mean cuts and, and I want to make it clear that this is, a, this is a very lean budget. There were cuts. We lost a position in animal control. We, lo- we may lose a position in building in, a building inspector, a drug court coordinator, a several probation officer positions, a position in planning, which is a particular priority of mine to get restored if, if money becomes available. Mm-hmm. So this is not – because we all breathe the sigh of relief, unfortunately, we're talking about empty positions. But there have been cuts made by almost every department in the county. All right, our phone numbers again: eight five five zero eight one one eight seven seven two eight five nine three four eight. You can join us uh, on our website wfiu.org/slash noon edition. We only have about ten minutes to go, so if you have any questions, you better better work them in quickly. I want to ask uh, as we head into the the hearings next Tuesday: Are there particular concerns that you have? Are there particular areas that you think will be, um, I guess, more difficult to deal with than others? Vic? Um, yeah, there are, there are always things that are going to be challenging. My biggest issue at this point um, is that through the whole year, as we've been dealing with what we at one point thought was going to be a substantial reduction in the, in the county general budget, uh, I, I spent quite a lot of time looking back at what happened a few years ago when I wasn't on the council, but Marty was, and there was some indication early in the year that there would have to be five percent cuts across the board, uh, or cutting five percent out of the budget. Uh, some departments actually stepped up to the plate and made some fairly substantial cuts, and other departments didn't. And one of my cons- and there's been um, a certain amount of animosity that's resulted from that over the years, and and. I wanted to make sure that if we had to make substantial cuts this year, that we were looking at it across all departments and trying to make sure that there was as much equity as there was. Uh, when we found out about the COET windfall, uh, my first my first thought was, whew, well, that's good news. And then my second thought was, uh, what's going to happen now? Are we going to have winners and losers in the budget game, in the, in the budget battles that go on? And I, I think we still have a few issues that I would refer to as equity issues that uh, we've been trying to work through with the various departments and most departments have really really stepped up to the plate uh, in terms of looking at what we have in front of us. And But there may be a few places where we may want to move something from one department to another and I think different counselors will have different ideas for – for, for those kinds of things. But generally speaking, I think we're in pretty good shape. Now, I have to ask, though, in terms of equity issues, I mean, the, you're, you're there, I think you've all sort of said this, you're there to try to provide the best services you can for the county. So if, I mean, if one department feels like they've been treated unfairly, but you determine that, well, you know, you're not a high priority for us, so even if you have been treated unfairly, you know, you don't want to, you don't need to make that Equitable. No, but we do need to make it clear, and we and, and the, the the purpose. I think our purpose has to be to say we understand that 
Department A is getting a deeper cut than Department B. But the reason for that is clearly because we consider Department B to, to have a higher priority on this particular, on this particular point. Well, okay. well oh, go ahead. Uh, just to, to you know, I've heard some say what their priorities are. And I, I will just have to say that the bottom line is, is public safety and those things that we are required to provide will be my top priority. But I also wanted to talk a bit about President Kelson. Um, uh, spoke about the year that that we were told we were going to have to do a five percent cut, and and they weren't sharing with us how they were arri- arriving at what our revenue was. Mm. And as and and at the last minute, I saw they didn't have the levy figured right uh, because they finally let us see the numbers. Well, the, as a result of that, the county council has stepped up to the plate and made certain that we. Re- ask for information, and we try to arrive at these numbers as best we can. Um, in the past, the council would not have spent the whole summer trying to figure out where we were. We would have had the auditor's office telling us, here's the number, this is what you have to work with, and we would have been working through the budgets. But when we sat through that year, when the levies weren't figured right to, to tell us we had to cut 5%, it really... Uh, led a lot of the uh, council members to say, we're not going to let that happen to us mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Jeff? And, and I, I wanted to kind of uh, give some kudos to the auditor's office for being so incredibly helpful and open and supportive during this whole process. I mean, when we ask for something, we get it almost immediately. They put the right resources on the task to get us the information. And it, it particularly for me as a new council member, it's it's been just absolutely invaluable. Mm-hmm. One other thing about this and, and – one of the challenges of of county government budgeting is that we do it in the fishbowl. We have so many elected officials that it, it, it all has to happen in, on television. But the when you look at the, the calculation of the revenues, as Marty pointed out, it used to be that we'd just wait and the number would come from the auditor's office and then we'd deal with it. Uh, what we've been doing more of the last couple of years has been really digging into it ourselves. And I think what we get for the the trouble of doing that is – First of all, counselors understand much better where the various revenue streams are. It gives us a much better idea of where we might look for additional revenues in future. But one of the side effects of this year's challenges has been that a lot of department heads who in the past never even thought about revenues have been, again, in the fishbowl. We go to our work sessions. We've communicated this over and over again. We've had budget spreadsheets that people have been able to work with. And I think what's happened – out of all of this is as we come to the end of the year, I think everybody in Monroe County understands where our money comes from better than they did at the beginning of the year. And I think over the long haul, that's going to be very healthy for the county. One of the things we haven't touched on yet is is a new responsibility that this council has. We didn't ask for it. Uh, but it's been given to us, and that is to review all of the budgets, tax rates, and levies of all the other taxing units. And that is a huge responsibility. And uh, we we see that we have some taxing units that are in real trouble. They didn't get their levy set high enough, so the, some of those folks are having to really move money around trying to figure out how to make it. And um, it, it really doesn't... Uh, help us make friends here in this community when when uh, they have boards or commissions or whatever that um, have put together a budget and then they have to bring it to the county council and um, but we we have to do it it's not it's not that we have a choice we must do it mm-hmm. and we've been told by the state that if we don't do it um, that they'll just go right back to this year's budget for for those folks. So, so for example, when the library board creates their budget, they then submit it to you for review and approval. Is that do I have that right? Well, I mean, they can vote on it, but we have to also mm-hmm. review it. All right. Now, Marty mentioned what her priorities were for this budget session. Um, Jeff, you mentioned planning. Is, is there are there other priorities for you? Well, I I would like to see some more. I and I. When I talk about priorities, I don't know that we're going to be able to accomplish a lot of these priorities this budget session. This is clearly a budget of retrenchment and a budget that we just get through. I'd like to see more investments in uh, information technology. 
I think the, uh, the county officials deal with more data than ever before and we've had several major system crashes over the last year. We need to invest in enterprise-grade uh, infrastructure to meet our current usage demands. Uh, we need to prioritize uh, uh, upgrades to our, our county website to better provide information to the public. Uh, I've talked about a county stormwater utility and that's something I'll be working on uh, with others over the next year. Uh, and uh, I'd, I'd also like to see some more funding for uh, – to support the uh, Economic Development Commission and the Redevelopment Commission, which right now really work in kind of a, a vacuum. They don't – there's just no, – there's no money to provide even just clerical support to help get information out to the public about the kinds of activities that are going on there. Mm-hmm. Vic? Um, I will re- reinforce the importance of, of public safety. Uh, that's, that's obviously the first thing we look at. Uh, but if we look at um, the rest of our departments, I think the things that uh, everyone here has pointed out are are very important. But most importantly to me is as we uh, we're in changing, we're living through changing times, and we're dealing with uh, issues related to energy. We're issue, dealing with issues related to climate change, and I think it is important that that Monroe County uh, be looking forward to what is this community going to look like and how is this community going to function 20 or 25 years from now. We've taken a lot of steps. We have uh, – one of the the things I'm interested in seeing us work on over time is alternative transportation infrastructure. We have a plan. Uh, We're actually implementing part of that plan but I want to see that sort of thing moving forward. And at this point, that's not a big budgetary impact Mm. but we need to get to the point where we can start thinking about how do we – uh, deal with a changing future and how do we fund that over the long haul uh, and, and how, do we, uh, how do we make the changes that we need to make. And so um, the, the reason that we need a sustainable budget that, that provides all the necessary services is that if we don't – if we uh, spend more than we need to on the, on the essentials, uh, any, we don't have anything to work with. We don't have any discretionary money available and that discretionary – what little discretionary money we have uh, really needs to be – we really need to think seriously about how we, how we reconfigure this county for, for the future. Mm-hmm. I know you've talked about uh, like some sort of a shuttle to Crane. Oh, any, yeah. Any movement on that? I haven't heard any yet. I, okay. I just think it's a. I think it's a great business opportunity. Somebody <laughs> ought to do it. Right. All right. We are out of time. It's been a very quick hour with uh, the three of you here, with Vic Kelson and and Jeff McKim and Marty Hawk from the Monroe County Council here with us today. I'd like to thank all of you for showing up. Thank Thanks. you very much. Thanks for, for having us. Thank right. you. Thanks for Mary Catherine Carmichael, producer Ariana Prothero, and engineer Mike Pashkash. I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. Smithville, a locally owned business serving central and southern Indiana since 1922 with residential and business internet, voice, and security services. Smithville, local pride, global technology. Information at smithville.net. Mother Bear's Pizza of Bloomington, open daily and offering pizzas, pasta dinners, and wings with daily specials. Menu available online at motherbearspizza.com, 332-4495 for delivery.